Let's do it. Most gracious Heavenly Father, we give you praise with much thanksgiving. You're so gracious. You're so kind. And you told us to enter into your gates with thanksgiving and in your course with praise. And so today we say thank you, Jesus. You are such a good God. We are so thankful to know you. We are so grateful to be saved. Salvation is the game changer for us. And we thank you that today we get to celebrate this Pentecost Sunday where the Holy Spirit came and went from just being in the world to being indwelling in human beings. And we are so thank you for your indwelling Holy Spirit. You said that you come to teach us and lead us into all truth, to search the deep things of the heart of God so we would know what has been freely given to us. And so, Father, our heart today is set that as we hear this teaching, that we would be open and receptive to the leading of the Holy Spirit, not just on this message, not just during this time of corporate fellowship, but in everyday living that we would allow the Holy Spirit to do his job in our lives so that our lives will bring you maximum glory. It is our desire that Fellowship of Champions is a church where the lives of the people bring you maximum glory. We want you to get every drop of glory possible out of our lives. And we thank you for it now in Jesus name. Amen. 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 Maximum amen. glory. That's Maximum just what I heard glory. that this teaching that you're doing, that we're doing, that's setting us up is that God wants maximum glory Maximum. out of your life yeah. and we want to give him maximum glory and you're going to the recap and how we're going to teach today is going to help us all do that because if you love Jesus, here's what I know even if you don't know how, if you love him, I know you want to give him maximum glory so let's let's go ahead and have them to type that in the comment section, say I love Jesus I love Jesus, <laughs> it's Pentecost Sunday, I love let's Jesus, let's just play that starting off, I love Jesus, I love Jesus, you know it's really um I know we're getting to our teaching, but I was just thinking when we were driving to uh, the facility this morning, I was thinking how right before Easter, uh, we were talking about kind of what we were going to teach over the next months or so. And, uh, and, and you said you had this impression that we really needed to talk to people about the power in the name of Jesus. And so we started talking about what that would look like and what that means to us. And we were sharing scriptures with each other. And it kind of just evolved into this series, if you think about it, that really led us to where we are today. We started talking about the power in the name of Jesus. And Mm -hmm. we spent several weeks with that. And then we started talking about the power that we now possess Mm -hmm. because Jesus had this power, but then we saw where he gave that same power to us. And we spent several weeks where we just, you know, really walked people through that it's not just power that Jesus has, but he's transferred that same power to us. Which changes how we live. Totally. It changes how we live. It changes how we pray. Yeah, it changes everything about us. I can remember growing up. And in prayers, they would say things like, stop by here, Lord. But when you understand that you're filled with the Holy Spirit, you're not asking the Lord to stop by because he's he's, already As though he's busy. Yes, as though he can't be in more than one place at one time, right? And you're trying to, you know... Um, I was teasing somebody in our church the other day because they had talked about pass me not on gentle savior. And I was saying that song seems cute, but scripture says he's indwelling on the Mm -hmm. inside of us. It's not a question. That song comes from a scripture before Jesus had gone Mm -hmm. to the cross and before he was crucified and resurrected and before the Holy Spirit had had been released to us. We don't have to beg God to come to us. The Bible says us that is Christ 
in us the hope of glory and we have this indwelling of the Holy Spirit. And I hope that people will go back and listen to that teaching because the one thing that should have come from that teaching is that now you're not trying to get God on the outside to respond to you, but that because of salvation and the and being filled with the Holy Spirit, God is dwelling in us. Yeah, and one he the, is in and, us. And one of the things that we kept saying over and over and over is we don't have to beg God. We don't have to beg God. We don't God. have to beg someone who's already there. And so again, we talked about this idea there's power that Jesus has. He gave us this power. And then we started walking through this idea about it being God's commitment to 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 guide us. Yes. And, and we spent, you know, the last couple of weeks, I spent the last couple of weeks just really trying to um solidify for everybody that hey, you know, scripture is clear that God. God wants to guide us. He does. We don't have to yes. feel like that we're just out there wandering around, not knowing what to do. Not only do we not have to do that, but we show we showed them in scripture where literally it says that he will show us what's in the future. Yeah. You know, and, and so then we get to this point today where we're going to start talking about the principles of being led by God, because it's one thing for God to lead us. But we've said before many, many times, God's a gentleman. The Holy Spirit is a gentleman. He's not going to just drag you along the path. You have to be willing to come. And then you also have to know how to come along that path. And so today we're going to be talking a little bit about um, the principles of being led by God. And I think we'll be here for at least two, maybe three weeks because there's just there's so much into it. You know, and we don't want people to think that it's difficult, but but it would be disingenuous of us to say, hey, God wants to lead you and then not tell you your responsibility. in it. The, the truth of it is, is that everything that God has called us to, he's equipped us to. Oh, and I love that. You know, I say this all the time. The only thing that we can really give to God is our obedience. Our obedience. Every single thing, every single thing else belongs to God. Mm -hmm. um, he gives you seed to sow. Yep. He gives you bread to eat. Um, your ability, my ability to work, our ability to breathe. Every single thing that God has that he asked us for, the, the ability, the, the ability to love. He gave us love first. The ability to walk by faith. He gives us a measure of faith. Right. So he he asked for our obedience. Right. Mm -hmm. And so what you're saying, what I hear you saying is this. God wants to lead us. The question we have to ask ourselves, honestly, is do we want to be led? Yeah. And will we will we will we not only do we will do we want to be led? Will we condition our life to be led? Will we condition our life to be led? And this so, is good. I'm excited. And, and about I'm this excited teaching. about the teaching. Yes. I'm excited that you're back this week. Because um, you missed me. I missed you, and I, I just say I, it I, to all the people. I, I, I miss, miss Pastor Sean. Uh, I miss, I miss Pastor you Sean. too. <laughs> I miss you too. But I, I like. Can it. I tell you something? Sure. Last week you was teaching so good. I wanted to jump on StreamYard and come in and teach with you, but I wasn't dressed. Oh, you want to say you should have came on in? But I wasn't dressed, so I was like, dressed. No, no, come on, I wasn't dressed, so I just, I just stayed there and I was a participant. You was teaching so good, because you know what? It's only two things make a preacher want to preach: when somebody can't preach, preach and when somebody really. Well, preaches. I'm glad I right. was the latter last yeah, week. You was really preaching. <laughs> All right, let's do this. So let's. We what we want to do is, you know, here at Fellowship of Champions, one thing we do not do is we do not what despise repetitive, repetitive teaching. teaching, and so we're not going to go through everything. Thing we talked about the last two weeks, but we do want to hit some highlights. And so uh, I want to hit these highlights because it's going to propel us into today's lessons about the principles of being led by God. You know what I noticed, though, because you didn't want me to preach them in my notes this week. You, yeah, you get, don't have the recap. You don't have. You didn't give me none of the recap. You have no recap. You didn't give me none of the recap <laughs> no. because you was like, if you give me the recap, I'm nope. gonna go back and teach. 
Yo, Y'all, all, he didn't get all you have on my notes. notes. All I got is today's notes on my notes. He did not give me any of the recap. You don't have to recap. Uh-uh. <laughs> Go ahead and recap so, it. Then. What are the things that we talked about? <laughs> <laughs> Number one is that God has made a commitment. God has made a commitment to guide us. Scripture is clear in that it establishes for us that it is yes. God's commitment yes. uh, to us. He's made a yes. commitment, a promise to us to guide us through this life. And again, we saw that commitment when in you know uh, all these years ago when 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 holy spirit showed up and 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 filled them because now man was no longer uh void of god's spirit on the inside of him and so we established that that was the number one commitment and then we said that not only does he have a commitment to guide us but we talked about the ways in which he guides us us. we said that he guides us through scripture that he guides us through our born again spirit that he guides us through signs and wonders and that he guides us through varying situations and typically those varying situations are situations in which we've had um success in before and then he uses those varying experiences to help lead us to even more complex um, experiences. Uh, and, and so we said that, that he uses Holy Spirit to do that. And we talked about the reason him guiding us through scripture and guiding us through our spirit was so critically important is that we just didn't want to be led. I and he it. knew this. He, we didn't want to just be led by signs and wonders all the time, because if we were just led by signs and wonders, then what happens when we see a counterfeit sign? Yes, you know, because there are counterfeit signs. Or, or what happens when something in you desires something so much, you make it a sign. Absolutely. You make it a wonder. Absolutely. And so while we acknowledge that he does lead us by signs and wonders, we we, we establish that that wasn't God's best for us, right. that he can use that. And the same thing with varying situations. But the God intents for the mature believer is to guide him or her through his scriptures and through his spirit. Yes. And so one of the things that we said last week was that God's guidance is universally. In other words, it's available for everybody offered through his scripture, because you can take people who may not have even acknowledged Jesus as their savior. Scripture is just true. It's it's just true. And if you if you grab hold to scripture, it produces what that scripture says in your life. Um, and and it's, it's not it's not to say that scripture only works for people who are who are born again believers. You know, Jesus says, um, you know, that he would that none of us would perish. Well, we all at some point have to ask for salvation. Well, when we ask for salvation, the scripture works because it's, it's it tells us what we must do to be saved. Well, here's an example of a scripture that's uni- that's universally offered, right? Mm-hmm. Seed, time, and harvest. Seed, time, and harvest. You do not have to be a believer yep. for seed, time, and harvest to work for you. But you must participate. But you seed, must participate. Yep. Uh, if you don't have to be a believing farmer to get corn, right. you just have to participate. Right. You don't have to be a believing giver in order to get financial that's harvest. Right. You have to participate. So that's a great example of a yep. scripture that you don't have to be a believer in order for it to work in your life. Right. 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 So God's guidance then is universally offered, offered through, through scripture. scripture. But then the second Second part of that, which I love, which yes. gives us the advantage, this is, when I wanted to preach it. <laughs> is that God's guidance is uniquely offered through His Spirit. Through His Spirit. In other words, what happens is there are, you know, and I said last week, it could be a hundred of us in a room, and we can all have the exact same issue, but Holy Spirit can give us one hundred unique ways to work that out 
based on talking to us through our spirit man, which which is which is him connecting, which is God connecting to himself inside of us. Well, and a great example of that for us is that when we both made the decision that we were going to get the excess weight off and get healthy, mm -hmm. right, mm -hmm. that your plan didn't work right. for me and my plan didn't work for you. And I say this all the time. I was the person who tried keto first mm -hmm. and keto made me feel horrible. Mm -hmm. It just simply did not work for me. It was not a plan that fit with my body, even though I saw it work for all these well, other people, people, right? Yeah. Then you did got on keto and then I went to my plan of basically not eating a lot of meat meat food, a lot of meat and a lot of processed food. And here we were, we were both walking, we were both meal prepping, right. but it didn't look the same. Right. Why? Because the Holy Spirit, he knows my body, he knows your body, he knows everybody else's body, and he will tell you the plan and that's the beautiful thing that's the beautiful thing about his he uniquely offer mm -hmm. and i was saying to this young lady the other day i was saying one of the one of the grave mistakes we've made is to think we don't need to ask god about the small mm -hmm. things and so we're out here trying to pick our own diet plan we're trying to pick our own little well, the bible things. tells us it's the small foxes that destroy the vine yes. it's the little things yes. that we don't take care of that yes. end up causing us to have tremendous amounts of discomfort or displeasure or or, or fall into sin and a lot of times people go, well, it doesn't take all of that. Well, it does take yeah. all of that if you want the best life that God has for you, right? If you want the God is so gracious. Remember when remember when there was the heavy in the pandemic when there wasn't toilet tissue and the Holy Spirit was literally telling people where to yeah. go to get the toilet Absolutely. tissue. Why? Because he knew the inventory in every store in your yeah. city, right? And I remember this one day, I think Chris and Chris was looking for some paper towel. They were pretty much out of paper towel in Little Rock and the Holy Spirit was like go to Office Depot. I never would have thought about paper towel being at Office Depot and then she ends up with paper towel because he wants to speak to us uniquely. Everybody should say uniquely. Yep. He has a unique word. He wants to take But it comes through the Spirit. Through the Spirit. You just not, you're not going to just get some unique word because you're Come just on. chilling. Come His on. unique word is Come offered on. through the Spirit. His Spirit. It is God talking to himself inside of you. That's what Holy Spirit job is to do for our spirit and Absolutely. so that's it and so we we talked about those two things last week that's good and then we said uh we wanted to make sure that, that we knew that holy spirit's commitment to us mm -hmm. was to do these four things it was to transform our lives yes. it was to fill us and equip us yes. it was to make our lives fruitful thank god for that <laughs> and then number four it was to lead us on a daily basis and now and those were the things that we were just saying man if if, if I would just let Holy Spirit do his job, my life would be better. My, th think about that. That is so beautiful. God loves us so much, so much that he gave us our own personal portion of him to transform our lives, mm -hmm. to fill us and equip us. Mm -hmm. Number two is the reason that no one should ever say again, they're not qualified to do the mm -hmm. thing God called them to yep. do. Because the moment God told you to do it, you were qualified because yes. the Holy Spirit began to fill and equip you. Then he wants to make your life fruitful. Praise that God. means he wants your marriage to be fruitful, <laughs> your relationship yes. with your kids to be fruitful, your work to be fruitful, your friendships to be fruitful, your downtime to be fruitful. You know what I hear when I see number three, when it says making our lives fruitful, I hear he doesn't want us to be mediocre. 
He doesn't want us to be mediocre. He doesn't want us to be mediocre. And what I hear is he doesn't want us to be barren. Mm. A lot of people work really, really hard, but they don't get any fruit. That's but toil. You're, no, you're yeah, toiling. Toil. You're, you're hustling. Yeah. You're grinding, trying to make Ooh, enough money. Goodness. And the Holy Spirit says, if you would just do it my yes. way, if you would just do it my way, mm. then you would be fruitful. Who wants to be fruitful out there? Mm -hmm. If you want to be fruitful, what should you do? Listen to the Holy Spirit because what's number four. So he doesn't just want to lead us on Sunday. No. He doesn't just want to lead us on special no. occasions on Pentecost Sunday. He wants to lead us every single day. And I can remember years ago when we used to say, when we first started saying, God is always speaking. Mm -hmm. And I can remember even some people, if some friends in ministry would say, God um, isn't speaking all the time. No, anybody whose name is the word of God always has something always. to say. It's like a radio station is playing all the time. All the time. All the time. The radio is playing all the time. The question is, are you on the frequency to be able to hear the radio? Because you can't be on 105.3 expecting to hear what's on 92.3. Yeah, you can't be. You can't be way over here expecting to hear what's here. You got to have the right frequency. So what I hear you say is that if I want to if I want to be able to hear from God, I can't spend all my time on the frequency of the world. I got to spend my time on frequency of scripture. Yes. I got to spend my time on frequency of, 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 of being in tune with Holy Spirit. I got to be, I got to understand how he uses signs and wonders uh, to lead me. I got to understand what he does in my life and what situations he uses to teach me because God speaks to me uniquely. He speaks to me And he uniquely. speaks to you uniquely. And then he speaks to us universally through scripture. I love that. And it's so, I, I made a post a couple of weeks ago where I talked about our relationship with God and hearing God should be growing and becoming. Mm -hmm. It should be growing and becoming. And I talk about how, you know, we've been married almost 27 years mm -hmm. and I not only know your voice, right? We, we went to look at a house yesterday and you had been talking to the realtor several times and I made a comment and she said, oh, you sound you just- are, You were mocking me, not mocking me, but you were, no, you, were you was mocking no, me, yes, mocking. using my voice. I was using your voice. And she said, oh my God, you sound just like him. And the point is, is that when you spend time with anybody, mm -hmm. you ought to be able to, like sometimes somebody will come and tell you or I something that- You ought to be able to sound like your king. <laughs> yeah, you should be the South like your Yes, that's a nice setup. Where's Valley? That's a nice setup. You should put, but the truth of it is, if you spend time with anybody, let's use that's Valley true. as a great example. Yeah. When Valley first started hanging out with us, one of the things that Valley says is, "If my oh. even my kids," <laughs> we, uh, Valley says, "Oh man." Yep. And the more you hang with him, what happens? Even though that's not your language, you find yourself saying it. Valley isn't at our house and one of our kids, something will happen and one of the kids, Chase, will be like, oh, man, how are you hanging with God? But you don't never start to sound like it. Right. How are you spending time with him? But you don't start to see. And that's why it matters who you spend time with, because you're going to because you're going to adopt their language. You're going to adopt Ooh. the language of whoever you He's spend time with. You're going to sound like whoever mm -hmm. you spend time mm -hmm. with. So if you are spending time with unbelieving believers, if you are spending time with heathens, if you are spending time with believers who believe that obedience is optional, mm. you're going to sound like them, mm. because what happens is 
is that backsliding. It's why me and Chris made a commitment several right. years ago. Several years ago, we made a commitment. You cannot be close to me if you don't value obeying God. I will like you. I will love you. We can kiki and we can ha ha, but you can never be a confidant of mine. You can never. Oh, I see Valley say, oh man, you can never be a confidant of mine if you don't value hearing God. Because here's what happens when you let people, when you let people in your life who don't value obedience. Mm -hmm. Number one, the closer they get to you, the more you let down your guard. Mm -hmm. So maybe in the beginning of the relationship, it's like, oh, that's not right. And then it's like, oh, but that's strict. And strict really like me. And strict is really my friend. And I know he means well for me. And before you know it, you have slid from truth because you are hearing voices of people who don't align with your father, that's right. with your king. That's right. With, your, with king. your king. That's right. And the truth of it is, as much as I joke, I'm go I say what you say. Yeah. Yeah. I say what you say. It said when you're being petty. Right. Because well, when you're being petty, I'm not doing all that. But I say what you say. If you say this is the year of release, that's what I begin to say. If you say it's the season of great harvest, if you say we're going over, I match my language with yours. Amen. 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 And so because of those four things and that fourth thing about leading us on a daily basis, we talked about, well, how does he does that? How does he do that? He does it by giving us both wisdom and, and guidance. The Bible says if any man lack wisdom, let him ask of God who will give to him liberally and unabraded. We read that in James. We know for a fact that God is unwilling to let us just suffer through. Yes. He's unwilling to let us just suffer through. He will give us wisdom and guidance. So then we started talking about these seven responsibilities. And I won't list all of those. People can go and see all those and listen to the, to the broadcast. But we talked about the seven responsibilities that we hold. And I think that's important to say, because if we want to be led by God, uh, if we want to be led by God, then we must understand we have a part to play. We have a part to play. Mm -hmm. uh, and, and that's extremely important uh, for people to understand. And then we started talking about uh, the 10 principles to practice um, so that we can be in faith that God is going to lead us. Yes. Uh, because there were some some principles uh, that are extremely important there. And we began to talk about those. Uh, and, and I'll just run through them real quick. We said the first thing you got to acknowledge the preeminence of God. Then we said you got to affirm to God your dependence on him for spiritual guidance. You got to lean on him. And then we said you got to align yourself with the scriptures governing your issues. Number four, we said you got to ask God for your next step and then respect the natural order of things. Number five, we said you have to allow the peace of God to be your confirming witness. And I know we're going fast, but you can go back and listen to the actual teaching of this and get all the nuances of this. Number six, we said you have to appropriate the grace for the difficult moments along the journey and that there will be difficult moments. Yes. But you got to appropriate the grace. You got to know that God is there for you. Number seven, we said you had to accept the wisdom of God along the journey. And then number eight, you had to apply your faith without compromise. You without cannot compromise. allow your faith to be diluted. And then number nine, we said you have to avoid strife and negate others who attempt to talk you out of your faith. Not only do you have to be applying your faith, you have to do those things and not let people talk you out of it. And then number 10, we said you had to learn to applaud the workings of God, even in small manifestations. Even in small manifestations. So, you know, 5,000 uh, partners on our Facebook page, people who had liked the page was our goal. And so when we reach our goal, we clap. Somebody said, well, that ain't 25,000. Nope, but it, it also ain't 500 either. Right. And so, so we, we clap and we celebrate. admire and applaud the 
the things of God. And so those were the 10 things that we have to be constantly doing so that we maintain our faith in that God will indeed guide us every single day. That's good. And so that was a recap of the last two weeks. That's what that's what was happening when you weren't sitting beside me. I know you was watching, but you weren't beside me. But I was watching, though. I went to church. You I went you to did. church, right? And I'm, I'm super excited because now we're talking about how to be led by yes. God. What's the principle? What's the how to be? You yes. want to you want to know how to be led by God? So you're gonna do. We're, you're going first, sure. right? So, so we can yeah. just jump right in here. So let's start talking about then the principles being led by God. You've heard, Pastor you've heard me say this many, many times before, that man is a tripartite being. In other words, man consists of three parts. He is a spirit being who has a soul and lives in a physical body. But through his spirit, he is able to contact and connect with God. Yes. And so our, our body's just going to kind of follow whichever one is the strongest. If, mm -hmm. if our soul is the strongest or if our spirit is the strongest. And we know that we want our spirit man to be the strongest. And so the Bible says in Proverbs 20 and 27, uh, in the NIV version, it says this. It says the human spirit is the lamp of the Lord that sheds light on one's innermost being. And then I like what it says in the New Living Translation. That's my favorite. Yes, me too. It says the Lord's light penetrates the human spirit, exposing what? Every hidden motive. That is the reason that we need the Holy Spirit, because Holy Spirit will speak to us about things we didn't even know were issues. In us. In us. Not other people. Like, like, like I remember, I remember specifically a time where the, where the Holy Spirit told me, he said, you're prideful. I was like, no, I'm not. Oh, <laughs> which is an indication that you're prideful, right? And so Holy Spirit was like, you're prideful. And I was like, well, hold on. But why would he tell you that you're prideful? Because his job is to keep you safe and pride going before the fall. Yes. So he, when he when he exposes those inner motives, he's not trying to put us on blast no. the way the world would. Otherwise, he put it on a screen. Yes. He didn't do that. He said it to me to in me. here. Yes. And the reason he said it was because I had only considered pride to be when you wouldn't listen to anyone. But if you are, if you refuse to ask for help, if you refuse to ask for assistance, if God says to go and ask this person for help, but you like, I don't want to ask it for help. They're going to think I'm stupid. Are they going to, are they going to, are they going to hold it over my head? That is pride. And so what he, but because I had a different perception of what it was, I needed Holy Spirit to say it inside of me. Because if somebody outside of me had said it, I'd have let my pride show up and not listen to them. So but you got to tell them, huh? Probably. Uh -huh. <laughs> but it's hard if you love God to tell Holy Spirit that, that he's wrong and to keep saying he's wrong. And it keeps saying your right. flesh may rise up. Like when he first said, you're prideful. I go, what do you mean? No, I'm not. I'm not. I'm not prideful. And you start to list all the things why you're not prideful. And he lets you go. And then he says, here's why you're prideful. Here's why you're prideful. And then when he says it, because he only speaks truth, it's like, yeah, I guess you're right. And I think you just <laughs> help somebody right there, because a lot of times people think pride is bragging. But if you won't go get help when the yes. Holy Spirit tells you to, even when if you, it's because of fear, even if it's because of fear, that is tied to pride and it's going to cause you to fall. Because fall. pride goes before the, the fall. fall. That's why I loved the NLT, the NLT mm -hmm. version, because it says he exposes every hidden it motive. Penetrates it penetrates the human spirit, penetrates. which is my soul. So he he's able to go beyond my soul. He goes to penetrate my, my soul and then expose every hidden motive. In because it. I may only know my conscious 
but he digging around in that subconscious. Yeah. He's seeing everything yes. that's happening. And then he brings me to a place yes. of truth so I can live free. Absolutely. That's really good, man. Yeah. That's really and then good. The, and then the King James Version says, the spirit of a man is the lamp of the Lord searching all the inner depths of his heart. But again, that, in, that, that new living... Uh, translation is just wonderful. It just tells us that he penetrates the human spirit and exposes every hidden mode. I love that because, you know, people love to say when they don't do what God told them to do, they love to say, well, God knows my heart. You exactly right. Because right. he searched your <laughs> inner motives. He knows that you don't tithe because you right. don't trust him. Right. He knows that you won't stop fornicating because you don't believe that he can get you a spouse mm -hmm. another way. He knows that you are fearful. That the re He knows that you keep saying that you can't step out on your dream because you don't know which dream to step out on, but you're really scared of yep. failing. Yep. He knows that. And then it gets us into number two. It yep. says that one of the ways that he is going to guide us is through our spirit because he is a spirit. Yes. So he's going to talk to us spirit to spirit. Mm -hmm. King James Version says in John 4, two, um, 4 and 24, it says, God is spirit and they that worship him must worship him in spirit and in truth. And even though God speaks to our spirit, our flesh, when it is undisciplined mm. and uncontrolled, will always override what God is saying. When we don't develop our spirit, when we don't practice the discipline of crucifying our flesh, we may be want, we may desire to obey God, but we have not developed the muscle to obey God. Mm. And so undeveloped. We, uh, we are Mal undeveloped. Malnourished. Malnourished. Mm. Malnourished. And many believers, they are malnourished in their ability to obey God because they don't practice it on a day-to-day -day basis. So we're out here with big lofty dreams. God told me that he's going to make me a millionaire, but God can't even, God been telling you for three years to get up at five o'clock and pray. Mm. You don't even realize that at five o'clock in the morning, when he wants you to get up, that's when he's going to begin wow. to give you the strategies to get yes. there. And so because you won't discipline yourself to get up at 5 a.m., you're wondering why this other thing isn't happening mm. because your flesh is really leading you. Yes. And the Bible says that to be. Well, and that's how you know that you're being led by your flesh when you are disciplined obeying what God is saying. You, you're either going to be led by the spirit or your flesh. That's the only two. That's the only two. So if you catch yourself disobeying God, you are indeed in the flesh. So let's just make it simple. Okay. You cannot disobey God in the spirit. You cannot. You cannot disobey God in the spirit. If you want to know if you're in the spirit or not, all you got to do is ask this, am I obedient? Am I you obedient? cannot disobey God in the spirit. Mm. And your flesh, because your flesh is deceitfully wicked, that's what the Bible says about your heart, mm -hmm. is that it will tell, it will try to make you say that you can have what God told mm -hmm. you not to touch. Yep. Literally, you will be rationalizing reasoning how God told you how to justify why it's okay to go and do and say and be what God never gave you permission to do. Yeah. Your, your flesh cannot be um, tamed. It can't be tamed. In fact, the Bible says that it, it's enmity. In, in, in other words, it goes straight against what God is saying. Your flesh is an enemy of mm. God. That is the pro that's what uh, really what yeah. sin did mm -hmm. for us. What sin did is that until we get our new bodies, until the new heaven and earth, the battle that we will always have as a born again believer is will I listen to God or will I listen to my flesh? Mm -hmm. Because the issue has always been about obedience. Yep. God says to Adam and Eve, you can eat all of these trees. Don't eat this one. 
when they eat it, that's an issue of disobedience. Mm -hmm. So what is in our nature is that in our nature, in our flesh, we love to disobey God. Mm -hmm. And if you understand that, you will stop being friends with your flesh. Mm -hmm. Your flesh wants to disobey God. If God say be quiet, your flesh wants to talk. Even if it wasn't talking before. <laughs> right, even if it wasn't talking before. If God say be quiet, now your flesh wants to talk. If God says give, now your flesh wants right, to hold. Right. If God says you can't date them, now your flesh wants to date them. Right. And so it just this that's is, what the apostle Paul was trying to teach the, the Roman church in, 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 in Romans when that, that scripture there, Romans 8, that's what he was trying to explain to them. He was like, hey, listen, you got to get the spirit of God. Your, your flesh, as, as Chris said, your flesh is whack. Your flesh is whack. <laughs> and let me tell you something. Your flesh is designed to kill you. Yeah. And here's a good example. How many of you, I'm going to raise my hand first. How many of you have ever eaten to the point that you were sick? Oh, yeah. You, you you ate one more piece of chicken. Mm -hmm. You ate one more piece of bread. You knew you were full, but you kept eating. Your flesh literally will consume until you are destroyed. That's why at the Cody Church, I always tell you, I learned something when I was <laughs> over there with y'all. What At the Cody Church, they said, listen, sin will take you further, further than you wanted to go and keep, and keep you longer long. than you wanted to be yep. kept. That is why as a born again believer, you should not dabble with sin because you never have the ability to keep mastery over sin without the Holy Ghost. That's, That's why in Romans 8, 5 through 9, yep. it says, for they that are after the flesh, they mind the things they of mind. the flesh, but they that are after the spirit, the things of the spirit. Verse 6, for to be carnally minded is death. Mm. I want to hear that. I want you to hear this. It does not always mean physical death, right. but let me tell you what you will kill. You will kill your divine destiny. Yes. We, you will your kill your purpose. Yep. You will kill the abundant life. You, may, There are lots of people on this planet who are walking dead. Yep. Wow. There are lots of people on this planet who are walking dead. Wow. Yes, they are still breathing. Blood is still flowing in their veins, but they are carnally minded and they are living Ooh. in direct opposition to God. They are the walking dead. They are the modern day zombies of the spirit. That is how they are living. They are here, but they are not really here because the Bible says mm. for to be carnally minded yeah. is death. Y'all need to share this broadcast. Come on. For to be carnally minded is, but I shout and praise, but you carnal, mm -hmm. but I tithe, but mm. you carnal, but I pray, but you carnal. To be carnally minded is death. And it tells you this. It says, but to be spiritually minded is life. Zoe, mm -hmm. the God kind of life and peace. Nothing missing, nothing broken. And in verse seven, it tells you why. Because the carnal mind is enmity. It is an enemy. It is in direct opposition of God. It is not subject to the law of God. Neither can it be. So then they that are in the flesh, Look but Pastor that. Sean, I'm so saying, they that are but you're still in the, the flesh. flesh, but they that are in the flesh cannot, cannot, mm. it, cannot. Is, it is impossible it cannot. to please God cannot. in your flesh. Cannot. Mm. Can, cannot. Say lot. Ain't no way. Sheila. If you are in your flesh, <laughs> nothing you do in your flesh ever pleases God. Ever. Hear me, because I want you to understand this. If God tells you specifically to sow $50 mm. and then you say in order to prove to God I'm serious, I'm going to sow $100. 
the other people would be impressed because you gave a seed bigger than the seed God asked for. But that was an act of your flesh yes. because you didn't believe that obedience was enough. In, in actuality, what you told God was that he didn't know. He don't know. He don't know enough. He don't know he enough. He told you to do this, but you're going to go above that as though he didn't know what he asked you to do was what he needed you to do. So when God calls me to something and I tell him why I'm disqualified, yeah. what I'm saying is God don't know enough. Yeah. When God tells me not to date somebody or not to move to a city or to move to a city or to date somebody, what I'm really saying to God is I know you are the creator of the universe. But I know but, better. But I know better than I know you. Better. You really don't know as mm -hmm. much as you think you know. It says, so they that are in the flesh cannot please God, but ye, mm. but ye mm -hmm. are not in the flesh, I am not, but in the spirit, yes, I am. if so be that the spirit of God dwell in you. Mm -hmm. Now, if any man have not the spirit of Christ, he is none of his. None of his. Now, that's just Bible. That's Bible. He that's said, just I, Bible. I've made Holy Spirit available for all of you. Now, if you choose not to invite Holy Spirit in, that's on you. You, you can't be a part of me without, without this. Because that's how I communicate. That's how I penetrate that that soul of yours who is often enmity with God. I, I use Holy Spirit to penetrate it so that it can illuminate to you all of your wrong motives. And this is what's why I said the other day on Facebook. I said, just because people approve doesn't mean God is pleased. Right. And you can gather as many people as you want sure. to to co-sign what you're doing and say, girl, go. Girl, I see right. you. You living free. Mm -hmm. And that's why the Bible tells us to be very, very careful that we don't allow our freedom to become a yoke of bondage. That we don't allow the fact that we can do anything to make us do anything because literally we should live in this way. We should make this decision. I want everybody to put this in the comments. If God don't want it for me, I don't want it either. If God don't want, we're going to say don't. If don't. God don't we could, we're not fixing right. it. We're not if making God it. God don't want it if for God me. don't want it for me, I don't want, I don't it, either. want it. And for many of you, that is the faith confession you need to begin to make yep. because it's not where you are right now. You want a lot of stuff God doesn't mm -hmm. want you to have. But I want you to begin to declare and get that in your heart. If God don't want it for me, I don't want it either. What are you doing in that? You are allowing the word of God to begin to separate in your spirit and your flesh that there are things you want that God doesn't want you to have. And you are giving yourself permission to let those things oh, go. That's really good. And that's so really then good. now, D, if we're going to spend time in the word of God. So when I spend time in the word of God, I am able to hear and trust the voice of my spirit mm -hmm. man. Mm -hmm. I'm going to hear and trust the voice of my spirit man. See, one of the things that we can know here, here's a good example right here. This may make some of y'all mad. People will people will see somebody who's married to somebody else mm -hmm. and they will say, the Lord told me, the Lord told me that's my spouse. The devil is a bald faced lie. Right. The Lord ain't told you somebody that somebody else. else's spouse is your spouse. Your flesh, a, your flesh told you that. Yes. So your flesh told you that. And what will happen is is that when your flesh is undisciplined, you will begin to meditate on a lie and make it true. Mm -hmm. And you. then to you, yes. it will become true to, to, to you. you. And so even when people are trying to bring you truth, that is not the will of God. That is a you do. That man is not your man. That woman is not your woman. They belong to someone else. Yes. Well, God said they married the wrong person. No, the devil told you that. That is manipulation and your flesh is captured in it because you see, the Bible says you only drawn away. Hear me. That's a really powerful statement if you yeah. think about it. If God don't want it for me, I don't want, I it, don't either. want it either. 
to, to align yourself. Remember, we talked this we, 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 a year or so ago. We talked about this idea, and when God gave us this the prophetic word about aligning ourselves, that we had to get an alignment and agreement, and that that alignment and that agreement would have caused advancement in our yes, lives. Yes, that's really what it, what that statement there is saying. Yes, if God don't want it for me, no matter how I may imagine it would be good. Imagine. I don't want it. I don't want because it. in reality, I believe in my heart. He wants what's best for me. So if he wants what's best for me and he doesn't want that for Ooh, me, that's good. it's not best for me. It's not. So if, I'm aligning myself with that word. But hear what you just said. If God doesn't want it for me, it's not best for me, no matter how good it may look. Yeah. No matter how I imagine it to be. If God doesn't want that for me. It's not good for me. Because he's already seen my life with it. He's and he knows. Ooh, he's 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 ooh. literally already seen my life with it. He knows how it turns out. And so because he wants the best for me, when I come along the path that he's already walked out and I get to the place where I could make that choice, he stops me because he knows what the end of that life looks like. And it's not best for me. So he says, stop, take this direction because I've already walked out all of these paths and this is the best one for you. This is beautiful because what you said is that when we want something in our flesh, we've imagined what mm -hmm. it looks like. Mm -hmm. He's seen it. He's seen it. He's seen mm -hmm. it. He's we've imagined yep. what it would be like yep. to be with this person, to live in this city. We've imagined it, but he's already seen it. And he says, and, be, and because we have to understand how the human brain works, when we imagine, we typically imagine with only positives. That's mm. all. That's all we ever see. All we, ever, we, we, you know, nobody, nobody really sits down and imagines when they're a little kid that they're gonna get married and have and, and have their spouse abuse them and they're gonna uh, get their jaw broke and and they're gonna almost be killed and they're gonna have to escape in the middle of the night with nothing. That's not an imagination that people grow up going, oh, that's what I want to be. What they do is they imagine that they're gonna get married and their prince charming is gonna show up on a white horse and they're gonna have a beautiful wedding. They're gonna have a house with white picket fence and kids. Those are the kind of things. Things that we imagine, but God says, Listen, I've already seen how this ends. Now, think about it because the Bible says, For to be carnally minded is death. So, when my imagination is not under the subjection of the Holy Spirit, where is it leading you to? It's always leading me to death. Yes, when my imagination is not under the subject, and here's where a lot of people really miss it in the very beginning, when you want something. Holy Spirit tells you no. Yep. And you keep meditating you keep pushing on it. it. You keep meditating yep. on it. You keep going back to it. You start saying things like, "My life." here's a good example. We didn't do it. This praise God when the Lord told us, do not move to Atlanta. Yep. What if we had just kept saying, but life would be so much better if we was in Atlanta. Life, And here's the thing I think that people missed that you said several weeks ago. Just because you don't walk into catastrophe don't mean you're not living in death. Right. Just because it's not not just because it's not catastrophic, right. just because everything doesn't fall apart, all of those different things, it doesn't mean that you're not living in death. What is death? Death is anything that's not the will of God. Mm -hmm. That's what death is. And I was thinking the other day that one of our problems is, and I believe that this is actually a misinterpretation of this scripture. Years ago, when people used to walk through Romans 12 and 2, they used to use that scripture and they used to teach it like that there, there was a good, permissive, good, perfect and acceptable will of God. There isn't. There is the will of God and there is rebellion. Mm -hmm. 
There is the will of God and there is rebellion. You're either doing what God has told you to do, living how God has told you to live, or you're not. Mm -hmm. Now, here's the thing. My friend Roz Warren said this the other day. She said, don't mistake his mercy for his permission. Right. So just because the whole world ain't fell around down on you when you walking in disobedience doesn't mean God co-signed it. It means that's where that mercy is coming in, where he's drawing he's us long back. Suffering so he's long-suffering. So, so that you don't have to live under that calamity yes. and, and may actually suffer physical death yes. and be out of here. Yes. Uh, that, that, that is why the hand of the Lord is stayed. So oftentimes uh, when we're doing crazy and, and, and rebellious kinds of things, because he's long suffering with us because he wants his love to draw us back out of that. Yes. And I thank God for it. And I think I love what Clarissa said. Put her quote back up again. Listen, Clarissa quoted straight from heaven. Even her mama said it. She said, you might be getting by but you won't get away. Mm -hmm. You might be getting by, but you won't get away. Cl cl um, um, compliments of Clarissa's mama. There are things we look like we're getting away with, but we're not getting away with. God well, it was that. I mean, they used to say this all the time to us in the Cody church. I mean, and it's true, but they used to it all the time. Whatever you do in the dark, going to be brought to light. It's eventually going to be brought to light. Well, the same thing is not just true about sin. It's with your disobedience. You can be disobeying God and things can be looking good. But at some point, all that stuff is going to be brought to light. How it's going to come out and what it's going to look like. We don't always know, but we know it's not God's. It's going to catch up with but it's, you. No, it's not God's. Best. So we, we just want to do what God wants us to do. Absolutely. And so here's the thing, because people have often asked this question. Well, how do I know if I'm hearing from God? How do I know if it's not just my own desire, as you were talking about, that I want something and, and, and then I'm just focused on it so bad. So I think God is saying it. Well, here's how we have always established whether or not we're hearing from God. Right. Number one, we say does it line up with the word? If, if if what I'm desiring, can I find in the word that it's okay for me to even have it? The Bible doesn't say nowhere you can have somebody else's spouse. So, no, so if nowhere. that's my desire, then I know I'm off kilter because that ain't nowhere in the word. And when David did take somebody else's spouse, right. Nathan came to see about that's it. Right. So that's proof that's right proof there right that there. God ain't co-signing you being with somebody else's so spouse. So does it line up with the word? Number two, does it require faith? Because the reality of it is, if you can produce it and get it yourself, then, then it probably is coming from yourself. It's coming from yourself. The reality of everything that God has asked us to do, when, when we know God's asked us to do it, it's required faith. It's required our faith in order to get it done. And then number three, does it require courage to do it? Look at, go through scripture and find out when God was asking men and women in the Bible to do certain things, Old Testament and New Testament. It took courage to do it. Yes. If you can do everything and produce everything and figure everything out, that's you. That's not God. There are there are things God's going to ask you to do. It's going to always line up with his word because he's not going to go against himself. He's going to require you to have faith in order to do it. And then number three, he's going to require you to have some courage to do it. And then number four, when you know it's God and you know it's from him, there's going to be peace about it. Yes. There's going to be. We talked last week about the peace of God that, that there, you know, there, there are, you know, we've been looking at some some various real estate. Right. And there's been some good opportunities out there, some different things. But God hadn't told us to pull the trigger yet. And so even though we have the means to do it, even though we could go ahead and, and just buy it and do it, God hasn't said yes yet. So no matter how many times they say this is a really good deal, it ain't going to last that long. Somebody's going to get it before you. 
then that's just what it's going to have to be because until we get peace, we're not going to do it. To me, here's a perfect example of this. Before the um, short version is that the car that I drive is actually Caleb's car. Yeah. Caleb was going to take it to college. And then we found out that in Morehouse, you couldn't have a car your first year. So I just kept the car, mm -hmm. right? And then last year, I was going to buy a new car. Yes. We had already picked the car. We had tested it. We had actually rented one so we could drive it for a week, right? We had made the decision that we were going to go and get the car. And, and when we were getting up the day to go and get it, the Holy Spirit said to me, do not go get that car. We had the money. We had the credit. We had the means. And the car was on the lot. I said, babe, the Holy Spirit said, don't go get that car. Seven days later, we were in a pandemic. Yep. He like, I already know you ain't, you're not going to need no car. Yep. You're going to be at the house. And you're, your son's coming home. And your son's coming <laughs> home. You don't, right. you, 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 this thing you're about to do, you don't need it. And here's the thing that when we trust God, we don't have to get antsy about things. No. We don't have to get antsy right. about things. We don't That's just right. have to pick and take something because we're afraid we're yes. going to miss our moment because God will bring the moment yep. back. So sadly, so many believers, they don't position themselves mm. to hear God's voice. Yep. They don't position the themselves to be led by God. God is always speaking and the Holy Spirit is always leading. But there are three types of receivers. Mm. And if you want a scripture for this, you can go to Matthew, to Matthew 13, mm -hmm. where it talks about what happens when we hear the word. Number one, there are those who cannot hear God because of the lives that they live. And ah, we owe you to tell ah. you some of you, your hearing is blocked because of the life you live mm. because the truth of it is, is that if you are filled with the Holy spirit, he is going to tell you when you are wrong. And if you practice living wrong, oh you have had to turn his volume down Damn. so that you can have a so measure. So you wouldn't be tormented. So you wouldn't be tormented. <laughs> you had to turn the voice of the Holy Spirit down so you can do the mess you desiring to do. So you turn wow. his voice down so you can be comfortable in your sin. So there are those who cannot hear God because of how you live. Yeah. There's another group of y'all. Mm. You hear God clearly, mm -hmm. but you intentionally choose to ignore what you heard when it doesn't line up with your own yearnings. Wow. You actually do hear him. You know you shouldn't be with that person. You know you shouldn't be in that city. You know you shouldn't be eating that food. But when, but here was a good example. Several times last year, about four times on Mindset Monday, I would just call out whoever it is that keeps eating that cheese. Stop eating that cheese. Mm. When it would be over, it would be ten people in my inbox saying that the Lord had told them to give up cheese. Every time they ate cheese, their stomach was cramped. They was double over they had diarrhea they was bloated but when they saw that pizza when they saw them nachos they just couldn't resist it was not that they had not heard god it just it, didn't line up with it just yearning. didn't line up with their yearning mm. and 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 here's the thing when god god don't bless your mess so when god has told you not to touch it he's never going to bless it because you touched it mm. Now, there may be some mercy on it so you don't get the fullness. Yeah, because here's what happens. You know, you know, you use the example of eating pizza. You're not some, somebody not supposed to eat pizza, but you eat it anyway. Well, now you're sick and you're calling out to God to heal you. He healed you, but you go through the pain before you get the healing. If you would just obey, you could avoid all You that. could avoid all of that you pain. Avoid all of that. What pain would you avoid if you just obey God? Mm. 
What disappointment would you avoid if you just obey God? Well, I want to be in group three. I want to be in group three. <laughs> those that hear and obey. Yes. And I want to add a word to it quickly. Yes. Those, those that hear, hear and, and obey, obey quickly. quickly. So when I hear, if I'm headed this way and the Lord say, don't go that way. Mm. I want to be a person who on a dime turns around and does the other thing that he's telling mm. me to do. My goodness. So, so real quick, let's just, let's jump into talking some about some hindrances. There. Yes. Some hindrances uh, to hearing uh, God, because there are people who are struggling because they are doing some of these things and they may not be aware of, or they may be, but today's going to be a breakthrough day if it is. Now, you know, I always have to ask, are y'all yes. getting something from this? Put in the comments what you're getting from it, because we want to know your aha. And so let's talk real quick then about these hindrances. Number one. What's going to hinder me from hearing from hearing from God? Number one, unbelief. Unbelief hinders your ability to hear from God. That's why I stress so often that you got to get full of scripture. You got to get. And I don't I don't mean you got to necessarily be able to memorize a chapter and verse, but you got to have enough word in you that you know what God intention is for your Mm -hmm. life. Unbelief fosters a distrust of God. If you you know, if if uh, if people have ever had a bad experience with any dog. They, they then start having a distrust of all dogs. So so maybe a, maybe a big dog scared you, but now you scared of this little bitty tiny dog. Why? Because it's distrust or unbelief breeds distrust. And so if you've ever had a bad experience that you thought was God's fault, that you that you got some wrong teaching or or you were in error in some way, That's but you good. wanted to blame it on God. Now your unbelief about his word mm-hmm. or your lack of knowing his word is what's hindering you. The Bible says in Romans 4, 20 and 21, when it's talking about Abraham, it says that Abraham staggered not at the promises of God through unbelief, but was strong in his faith, giving glory to God, being fully persuaded that what he had promised, what God had promised, he was faithful to perform. Yes. Now, that's the kind of faith we got to have an un, an unwavering faith because when we have this unwavering faith then it makes us be able to rely on God all the more that's why I like Hebrews chapter 3 verse 12 in the amplified it says therefore beware brethren take care lest there be in any one of you a wicked watch this unbelieving heart what did he call an unbelieving heart wicked, wicked. he said Listen, a wicked that unbelieving was so heart so powerful for me because we don't always call things what God calls mm-hmm. it. God says, if you are a born again believer and you don't believe me, you're wicked. You're wicked. You're Your wicked. heart is wicked. When you don't believe me, you that baby. It ain't listen. got nothing to do with what you're doing. It's what you're believing. It's, yeah. so, so before you ever do something wicked, you have to get wicked in your heart first. And he says that one of the one of the ways is to be unbelieving. It says, uh, it says, which refuses to cleave to. Trust in and rely on him. That's what a wicked, unbelieving heart does. A wicked heart is a heart that refuses to cleave to, trust in, and rely Mm -hmm. on God. So you mean to tell me I can be a born-again believer and have a wicked heart? Be as wicked as you can be. Because I refuse to cleave to... I don't trust him for my mm-hmm. deliverance. I don't trust him for wisdom. I don't rely I don't on him. him. For my rent. I don't trust him for my rent. <laughs> I don't he trust says him. That that is that is a wicked heart. Yes. And then what does it do? He said it leads you to turn away and desert or stand aloof from the living God. So 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 I love God, but I'm standoffish. I'm standoffish. I'm standing away from God because I don't really trust him. 
I don't really know if you're going to be there for me. He said, that is a wicked heart in an unbeliever. And then verse 19, Hebrews 3.19 says it like this. It says, it is clear that they could not enter into their inheritance. Why can people not enter into their inheritance? He says, because they would wrap their, their hearts in, in unbelief. You, you know, Woo. people, people, people take, um, you know, different uh, foods and they wrap bacon around it or they wrap turkey bacon or they wrap something around it and it gives it that extra flavor. He says that literally you are wrapping your heart in unbelief. It is allowing that unbelief to not just get on the outside, but to seep into your heart. Mm. He says, don't do that. He says, you must trust God even if you can't see how his promises will come to pass. And that's what I was saying last week. We got to trust God no matter what. No matter and Sometimes what. we have to say it even when we are terrified in our souls. We got to say, God, I trust you. But God, I trust you. I don't even have, I don't have a clue how this is going to work out. But, but you I know what? You. I trust you. But I trust you. God, I, I, I'm telling you, my flesh is scared. But I trust you. But I trust you. And Put you that in the comments. I God, trust I trust you. you. God, I trust you. So then an undeveloped, an undeveloped spirit, it hinders your ability to hear from God. Why? Because God is going to lead and guide us through your spirit. So that's the second thing then. So, so the first one is, is, is this unbelief, right? And the second one is this undeveloped spirit. So what we don't want to do is be more developed in our emotions mm. than in our spirit. Mm. So many people like, I feel like, but well, what did God say? Yes. I feel, I don't feel like, but well, what did God say? We don't live by our feelings. We live by faith. And right? we really get an undeveloped spirit because we don't feed it. Because what, we don't what does feed the spirit it? want to eat? Word. 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 <laughs> God wants your spirit to be whole so that he can lead you. But it's your responsibility to develop it. Oh, say that again. Whose responsibility? My responsibility. God wants to lead me, but it's my responsibility. It's my responsibility. So God is not gonna. And it's funny because I get onto people sometimes on this on my lives on when I'm doing strategies for success because people will be like, God changed my mind. That's not how it works. Mm -hmm. God is not going to change your mind. You go pick the word up yeah. and use the word to change your mind. God is not good. You're not gonna lay the down. word or wash out that old way. You know, wash out that, that old new way, way right? Mm -hmm. You're not gonna go to the altar and change your mind. No. You're going to change your mind because you take yes. in the word. Yes. God wants us to be whole. First Thessalonians 5, 23 through 24, it says, and may the very God of peace sanctify, sanctify you wholly. W-H-O-L-L-Y. And I pray <laughs> that your whole soul, mm -hmm. spirit, and body be preserved blameless until the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. Faithful is he that called you who will also do it. But if I treat God, if I'm aloof with God, if I don't listen to God, then the God who's trying to preserve me and cause me to be blameless, spirit, soul, and body, he's faithful to do it, but I'm not faithful to show right. up. And so he's not able to do what he said. Yep. We develop our spirit by studying and obeying, praying in tongues, worshiping, listening to his voice, and doing what he said, mm -hmm. right? The word is the connection to manifestation. Yeah. Therefore, you must fill your spirit with the word. You got to. If you want to live life as a successful believer, you must be able to hear God for yourself. We say this all the time at Fellowship of Champions. You'll never, you'll never, we'll never cease to say this. And that is that I love the word. I love the word. I love the word. Somebody type that in the comment section. We did it last week. Type it again. Listen, there will be over 100 of you typing this. I love the word. If you don't love the word, you won't spend time with it. Yes. 
And if you don't spend time with it, it's like I don't love Brussels sprouts. So I spend zero time with Brussels sprouts. I don't eat them. Right. And because I don't eat them, I never give my body whatever is in the Brussels sprout. Well, the same thing is true for people when it comes to people who, who, who say, well, I read the word when I, when, I'm, when I need to go to sleep. The word I can't read the word when I need to go to sleep. It invigorates me because it's going to keep me awake because it's alive. So you got to fall in love with the word so you can feed your spirit and give your spirit the nutrients of that word. This is such a good teaching. And this is really like very early on was one of the things I really appreciate about you when we first started this ministry that we were like, even though it may be popular for 30 minute messages that we're going to teach you because your life is going to be life. changed by the word. Yes. And what's fascinating to me is that there are so many believers who want every promise of God, but literally you can't give God the same attention you give a movie. Like literally, there is but where- We used to say to people all the time, listen, you just need to know this about us. We're going to teach the word. We're going to be mindful of the time, but we're not going to rush it because we know that you will leave here and pay that movie theater a hundred bucks for um, for for popcorn in, in the movie and sit there for two and a half hours and watch a movie that does nothing for you. We watched the extended version of whatever the yeah, Wonder Woman, what, whatever that we watched Justice a, League. I think Justice League. We watched a four hour movie. That movie did not benefit us in any way other than entertaining us. How are you believing for it to be the year of great release, the year of great harvest for your healing, for your healing, and for your rest, for the restoration of your family? But literally, you are bored after 30 minutes in the word. All right. I'm just telling you. Yeah. And so okay. then, so then the third thing that causes a hindrance from hearing from God is what we call a spirit of deafness. The spirit of deafness will hinder your ability to hear from God. What do we mean? If you operate in anger, jealousy, bitterness, resentment, and malice, those things grieve Holy Spirit and they block your ability to hear. Because you can grieve Holy Spirit. You can. We because talked he about does that. Have because he is a person. And we feelings. talked about that in those last two weeks of teaching. You can grieve Holy Spirit. How do you do it? When you, when you hold on to anger, when you hold on to jealousy, when you hold on to bitterness, when you won't forgive, when you become resentful, or when you practice malice and, and, and hatred in your heart, it doesn't block Holy Spirit from speaking. It, it blocks, blocks your ability to hear. And that's so important. Yes. The Bible says in Ephesians 4, 26 and 27, it says uh, in the King James Version, it says, be ye angry and sin not. Uh, let not the sun go down upon your wrath, neither give place to the devil. Well, I like what he says in the Passion Translation. It says, don't let the passion of your emotions lead you to sin. Period. Period. I mean, period. That's it. <laughs> if you cannot allow <laughs> the emotions oh my of God to lead you into sin, it says, do not let anger control you or be fueled. Watch this for revenge, not for even a day. Verse 27 says, babe, you got to tell them what you did. <laughs> That's literally sign language. <laughs> no, babe, you got to tell them because they got to make sure okay, you're not doing on. gang it signs. Says, Don't give the slanderous accuser, the devil, an, an opportunity, opportunity to, to manipulate, manipulate you. you. Don't let him manipulate you. Don't let him you. manipulate you. Don't give it. And look what he called him, the slanderous accuser. And then he says, in case you don't know who that is, it's the devil. It's the devil. He says, don't give him an opportunity to, to manipulate, manipulate you. Amen. All right. And then hold it. But what you do? <laughs> tell him what you did. Because you did it. So tell him what you did. It's just this. It's, it's slang. 
slang for um, sign language for period. Because you watch a girl, I watch on, TikTok. A girl on TikTok. She's teaching me how to do sign language. And so do it again. <laughs> it's period. Period. So don't give the devil a place. Don't give period. me a place. All and right. then Ephesians chapter 4. You hilarious, man. Verse 30 through 31. It says, the Holy Spirit of God has sealed you in Jesus Christ until you experience your full salvation. So we are sealed until we experience that day that when Jesus calls us back and we get our new bodies. It says, so never grieve the spirit of God, which is the Holy Spirit. This second part. Or take, take for, for granted, granted his holy influence in your life. It says, don't take it for granted. He says, lay aside what? Bitter words, temper tantrums, revenge, profanity, profanity and insults. Insult. So for all of the people I know. who tell me I it know. ain't a big deal that you curse, I know. for all of the people who love to I say, know. I love Jesus, but I curse I a lot. This scripture says, put down profanity. Yep. As the old folks would say, stop all that cussing. Yeah. Amen. Yep. Yep. A callous, and then number four, yep. a callous conscience hinders your ability to hear from God. Ooh, a callous conscience. Your conscience is calloused. It's, it's not seared. sensitive. Mm. It's, it's not sensitive to God. You become insensitive to God. When you constantly ignore your conscience to do what God to do what your flesh wants to do, mm -hmm. so you become insensitive to Him. You begin to do this thing that this scripture just said, which is you take for granted His holy influence mm. because you are you ignore what your conscience. Oh, as you said, you keep turning down His you volume. You keep turning down His volume. Your conscience is the voice of your spirit and God leads you through your spirit. Mm -hmm. Every, time Every time you disobey God, Every time. it becomes harder and harder to hear his voice when he speaks Every to you. Time. So when you begin to practice disobedience, mm. you develop a seared conscience. It is literally the reason that people can still be coming to church, living smack in the middle of sin and don't feel nothing. And the danger of that is that there is a place that you can go to a reprobate mind where literally you're not turning him down anymore. You have totally closed yourself off to the Holy Spirit. I, I heard Pastor A.R. Bernard uh, talking one time and he talked about, he was talking about a seared conscience and he used this illustration. It was so good. He had this really thick rope and he had a knife. And throughout the message, when he was talking about somebody disobeying God, he'd take the knife and hit the rope. And over time, nothing happened at first. Mm. But by the, by, the, by the 15th or 16th time that he had made that slice, when he made that last one, the rope and the thing that every, all this, he had, he, it was a rope. And on the bottom of it, it had these like uh, these dishes, like crystal or whatever. And every time he sliced that rope, I mean, nothing would seem like it was happening. But when he hit that last one, everything just came crashing down. And his illustration was basically that you, your disobedience today might not make everything crash. Mm. Maybe next week it don't make everything. But every time you're disobeying God, you're taking a slice into that rope. And literally, you're at the end of that rope. Your life is at the end of that rope. And every time you're disobeying, you're basically cutting at it. And eventually everything falls. So, so again, every time. You disobey the spirit of God. It becomes harder and harder to hear his voice the next time he speaks to you. And, 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 and we don't want to have a callous conscience. And then the fifth thing uh, that we said that would hinder you from hearing from God is what we call neglect. 
Next. Neglect helps you, hinders you uh, from your ability to hear from God. So what do we mean neglect? What do we mean? When you neglect prayer, when you neglect Bible study, when you neglect fellowship with God, it affects your thoughts, your actions, your habits, your character. And you know what? Eventually your destiny. And eventually you are eventually. no longer aligned with God, even though you still call yourself a Christian. Mm. You still say that you are a Christian, but your life looks nothing like he. I don't pray. You don't pray. I don't read my Bible. Don't read your Bible. I don't even I don't even get on the live because I don't really want to be with other people, even though it's virtual. Yeah. So, so I intentionally don't get on on the live. Uh, I can scroll on Facebook, mm -hmm. but then I say I can't listen to the lives. Mm -hmm. I, I I have time to watch 30 minutes of TikTok, mm -hmm. but I don't have time for mm -hmm. a devotional. Mm -hmm. I have time to talk to everybody, but I don't have time to yep. pray. And what's going to happen is that over time, it's going to affect your thoughts, yep. your actions, yep. your habit, yep. and your character, and eventually your destiny. Because I want to just close with this. We've said this before. You have a demonic destiny, yes. which is what the enemy wants you to live, yes. and you have a divine destiny, which is what, which is what God wants you to live. Right. Now, so you get to choose every choice. I'm either lining up with God and fulfilling my divine destiny, or I am lining up with the enemy. Everybody put this in the comments. There is no middle ground. There is. And let me tell you how much there and is and not he, a middle he ground. He hates middle ground so bad. He hates middle ground. What does he, he say said, about he it? He says, if you lukewarm, I will vomit you out. Mm. I would rather you just be a heathen. Mm. I would rather you just be all in. But when you say you love me, but I can't tell you nothing. When you say I love you, but you don't obey me. When you say that I love you and you I, that, that you love me, but you have a wicked heart. And I said this the other day. People may not like it. God doesn't care about your giving and your worship when your life is raggedy. Absolutely not. You can read scripture where God literally tells the priest, tell them people, don't bring me no more worship and don't stink. bring me no more offering because it stink. You in here singing songs about God, I love you. And he like, mm -mm, that's you don't. Funky he me. said that song is funky. <laughs> that song got a stench. It's got, have you ever been with somebody and they stink a little bit? So when they walk past, they leave a little fragrance <laughs> behind it, right? He says, when you are practicing disobedience, when you are living a disobedient yeah. life, yeah. he says, when you sing them songs up and you sing that offering up, it's got a little stench behind it. Mm -hmm. It's got a little stench behind it. That's not how we want to live. Nope. So it's Pentecost Sunday. So what do you want to do? Do you need to be filled with the Holy Spirit? Not Maybe good. you've been struggling because nobody ever told you that you needed to be filled with the Holy Spirit. Mm -hmm. And that's why you have wrestled with obeying God. Maybe you're here and you realize I am in a backslidden state. Yes, pastors, I show up on Sundays. But the truth of it is, is during the rest of the week, I live like I want to live. I don't obey you. I cuss folks out. I say what I want to say. I do what I want to do. But today I want to come home. And maybe Maybe you've never made the decision to come home because you didn't understand why you needed a savior. Mm. And today, whatever it is, we're inviting you come home. Yeah. Come and, home. And so, so if you want to fulfill your destiny, because mm -hmm. because we said it's going to affect your thoughts, your actions, your habits, your character, and eventually your destiny. So if you want to fulfill not your demonic destiny, but, but your if you want to fulfill your divine destiny, then you must ensure 
that your mindset and decisions are lining up with his word. Yes. And the only way to do that is to know his word. The only way to do that is to know his word. If your destiny is going to be fulfilled, then you have to ensure that your mindset, that you're thinking the way God would have you think. Well, how do I start to think the way God thinks? I inundate myself with scripture. I, myself I ask scripture. Holy Spirit to come into my life. I do all of those things we talked about so that I can believe that he's willing to guide me. I do all of those things we talked about the other week so that I know the, my responsibilities in, in opening myself to be led. Because then when I do that, then my decisions can line up with his word and then I get the results of whatever God has promised. And I just want to tell you guys, your life is always better with obedience. Mm -hmm. Your life is always better with obedience. And the Bible says there is a way that seemeth right, but ends in destruction. But do, obedience is not that bad. Obedience is if not. You're on obe uh, if you choose to walk in obedience, there'll be some times where you feel like you lost. But when God gets through, you always come mm -hmm. out in victory. Mm -hmm. Listen, bring your life into obedience with God. Yep. Get in the word. Hear from God. Obey God. Get that disobedience out of your life. Mm -hmm. There are literally some people who are sitting here now. And even as we're talking to you, there are things that are coming up that God is constantly talking to you about. Make a decision. You're going to bring some mastery in that. Mm -hmm. You're going to master that temper. You're going to master that reckless mouth. You're going to master that tithing issue. You're going to master how you manage your body, that sexual sin. Make a decision to come home. You have to say, I am willing to remove anything and everything that hinders me from hearing God. Yes. Whatever, whatever, whatever I need to do, you know, and sometimes people, you know, what you may have to do today may not have to last forever. But you may you may have to say, you know what? I got to stop watching so much television. I need to spend more time reading the word. Because I don't read a lot of word. I don't know a lot of word. I don't I don't know what God sounds like. It may be a time, you know, there's been times in our life where God had us really strict about certain things we could do and couldn't do. Why? Because he was trying to teach us and develop something. But once you've learned it, then, then he allows some of those things to come back. You know, uh, he has I haven't I haven't had the Lord tell me to get up and to pray at 5 a.m. in quite some time. But it's now because I, I, I've developed a prayer life. Prior to that, I didn't have really a prayer life. I prayed when something was wrong. You know what I mean? And, but I didn't have a developed prayer life. But when he taught me to do that, well, now he didn't require me to get up every morning at five because he knows that when I do wake up, the first thing I'm going to do, I'm going to give him praise and then I'm going to begin to pray. Think about it like this, guys. It's training, then choices. I like that. It's training, it's training then, choices. then choices. In the same like way with this. your kids. I like that. It's training then choices. I like, I like that. And many of us are trying to get choices with no training. Mm. It's training. He trains us. He, he trains us. He trains us. This is what my voice sounds like. This is what I want you to do. This is this. And this is why in the beginning, God will be really strict on you about some things. I went through a period of time for about seven years where the Lord told me not to listen to secular music. Mm -hmm. I did not listen to secular music. That's not the restriction on my life anymore, because now I have the ability to choose what is an appropriate song for me to listen to. It's training then choices. If you ever want to get to the point that you can make choices where God says to you, well, you pick. Well, we do that with our kids all we the time. We do it with our we kids. We train them first and as they and as they learn to do what we deem is right, then, then we, we give, them give them choices. choices. Yeah. We give them choice. It's training, it's training then, choices. then choices. 
Let the Lord train you so you can get to the fun of choices. Listen, we said that we wanted to get a hundred shares. There's about a, there was about a hundred people on the broadcast. I don't know if you have shared it yet. If you haven't shared the broadcast, go ahead and do that right now. People really need to hear this word. We need to get this word out. So we're going to ask our partners to help us do that. You can share it to your story that counts as a share. You can share it to your page that counts as a share. And if you belong to a group where it's permissible to share it, you can share it there and it will be three there. So y'all, we 12, we're 12 shares. Come on, 12 shares. We're 12, 12 shares from a hundred. 12 of you who came on late. <laughs> 12 of you who, who, who didn't start the broadcast when we started it. Go ahead and share. Let's get to a hundred before we even leave. We're going to do this like the old church used to do when it used to take the offering, With the offering. and come out and count and go, we, we need, need 45 dollars. Come on, come on. <laughs> so we while need 12 we're, more shares. While you guys are sharing, here's your opportunity to sow. Yep. This is a great ministry great we doing great work we're impacting lots of people we're doing so many wonderful things and so we really really appreciate um all of you for your giving yeah. your faithful giving we thank you for our partners near and far who do so many amazing things and it's time for our offering confession because yes. something we make this confession and we love getting the testimonies of people who are having this happen for them so let's do our offering confession this morning it says, Dear Heavenly Father, Dear Heavenly Father, as disciples of the living God, as disciples of the living God, we honor you today. We honor you today by giving our tithes, by giving our tithes, offerings and gifts, offerings and gifts to be used in the fulfilling, to be used in the fulfilling of the Great Commission, of the Great Commission, and in return, and in return of our cheerful obedience, of our cheerful obedience, we believe you for, we believe you for jobs and better jobs, jobs and better jobs, raises and bonuses, raises and bonuses, benefits, sales and commissions, benefits, sales and commissions, favorable settlements. Favorable settlements, estates and inheritance, states and inheritance, interest and income, interest and income, rebates and returns, rebates and return, big checks in the mail, big checks in the mail, gifts and surprises, gifts and surprises, finding money, finding money, debts paid off, debts paid off. Increase expenses decrease expenses decrease blessing and increase blessings and increase thank you father thank you father that as I join my value system to that yours as I join my value system to yours you will shower favor you will shower favor blessings blessings and increase and upon me increase upon me so that I have more than enough so that I have more than enough to give into the kingdom of God to give into the kingdom of God and promote the gospel of Jesus and Christ and promote the gospel of Jesus Christ Amen listen I want y'all to do something Hallelujah. here's something I want y'all to pray this week. I want y'all to begin to ask the Lord to make your heart very tender to him mm -hmm. so that you are uncomfortable with disobedience. Yes. I want you to, if your conscience Lord, has been make seared, me uncomfortable make me uncomfortable with disobedience. with disobedience. Amen. I want you to say that to him. Holy Spirit, Holy Spirit make me uncomfortable, make me with, uncomfortable disobedience. with disobedience. Don't let me sit in disobedience and feel nothing. Ooh, make me Lord tender God. to you. Don't let me be able to treat you I even any heard, kind of see, way. Right there, I even heard the devil say, is that really what you want? Yes, that's no, really, really what I want. It's really, it's <laughs> really like, is what that really I want. what you want? Yes, that's really it's what I really want. really what I want. That's really what I it's want. It's really what I want. We got some shares on the other pages too, so I think we made it. Amen. Y'all keep sharing if so, you haven't. We love you guys. We want to encourage you to do everything you need to do this week. But listen, let the Holy Spirit fully in. Don't just get filled and pray in tongues. Let him be fully in. Let him be able to say to you, Sean, you shouldn't have said that. Yeah. Sean, don't say that again. Yeah. 
do this, don't do that. Give him permission to really speak to you and to lead your life. And for those of you who've been in the driver's seat of your life, get out. Yeah, be the co-pilot. Get out, be the co-pilot. Let the Holy Spirit back in the driver's seat. And if you know that's you, all you got to do is repent and invite him back in. Because he want to do it to turn, to to change. change. We love you guys so much. We love you so much. We're believing God for your life. We're believing God that there will be a new freshness and a new sensitivity mm-hmm. with you and the Holy Spirit. Because in order for you to live your divine destiny, in order for you to have the year of release, in order for you to have the season of great harvest, you must be able to hear and obey God consistently. So that's our prayer for you. Listen, we want you to come back next week. Next week, we're going to actually come back and we're going to talk about some things you can do. We talked about the hindrances today, but we're going to talk about the things that you can practically do to ensure that you are always hearing God because we know it's God's will to guide us. And so we want to make sure that you are in a position that you can always be doing what is necessary to make sure you're in a position to be led by God. So we'll see you guys next week. We love you. Have a great week. Avail yourself to all of the things we have uh, through the week. Mindset Monday, uh, which is now called Strategies for Success. Tuesday night prayer, Wednesday night Bible study. Join us Friday morning for Champion Circle. And then lastly, come back next Sunday at 9.30 a.m. for Kristen Valley Worship with her in Elder Valley. 105 shares. 105. Thank you, partners. Thank you very much, partners. Thank you, we partners. love you guys All right. always stepping up. Have a great day. We love y'all. Bye-bye.